Okay, here we are, Unit 1, Chapter 2. Yes? That's fine. They don't need more right now. Um, just getting my tea ready. So I have the... Bugs on huckleberries? Yeah. That's okay. Um, this is the vanilla lemongrass tea from Young Living. It just happens to be my favorite. Don't think you're supposed to have green tea on gaps. But here I am anyways. <laughs> um, and it's so mild that, like Elaine said just a minute ago, you can leave the tea bag in all day. It does not get bitter does not get that like tannin bitterness to it at all. And then I'm adding my warm cinnamon infused honey. This label is in our group. <laughs> I watched that video today. OMG. OMG. It's really, really good. If you like those red hot candies, honestly, I cannot tell any distinguish between this. It is literally... Oh, which makes me think, I remember somebody one time made this drink on Thanksgiving and I was just like eyes bugging out of my head in horror as they poured cider, a bag of Red Hot Candies and 7-Up into a kettle and heated it. And I was like, what are you doing? And they're like, this is a Southern recipe. It's really good. Just trust me. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to like that. But <laughs> it makes me I love how people go, it's Southern. It's great. It's fine. If I say it's Southern, it's excused and it's totally fine. Yeah, it's like no. you put a cola in it. It's pass. You get a pass for that. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that. Thanks. Um, but it makes me think, I wonder if this would be really good in cider, like hot cider. But it's just raw honey and cinnamon. And in like, I think this is like four or five ounce jar. I put 40 drops of cinnamon. Um, that's pretty hot, so maybe start lower and work your way up, depending okay, on but how hot you like. In kombucha. Because she just said 7-Up. She wants the fizzy flavor. That's right. Yeah, but what's weird is she put the 7-Up in and then she cooked it, so like it wasn't fizzy. 7-Up flavor, just use alkaline. Fizzy flavor. That's so true. And I got, I did not expect it to fizz like an Alka Seltzer. Yeah. <laughs> just it definitely resembles 7 Up. It's a great spin on the Thieves Bomb. Just drop some lemon and some Thieves in that teaspoon of Yummy Hot, and your throat will never hurt again. I'm laughing because the first, shortly after I first signed up, I had an awful, like, sore throat. And I had heard thieves and oregano. And so I was like, whatever, I'm just going to drop it under my tongue. And so I dropped thieves and oregano under my tongue. And I messaged Becky and I was like, Becky, well, that was the bad news is that it was, it was miserable. But the good news is, my throat doesn't hurt. I think it's because I burned all of the skin off. <laughs> but I was fine. <laughs> Oops.
<laughs> I'm like, where's my mute button? I've never done Zoom before. It's only been five years. <laughs> um, okay, I just put into PDF form a bonus document that is going to come with your ebook for this class, which is, um, okay, that's not gonna work. It is the Weston A. Price Foundation's guidelines and their characteristics of traditional diets and their get your facts straight. So all of this is available on their website, Weston A. Price Foundation website. I don't remember exactly what it's called, westonapricefoundation.com or something like that. <laughs> but you can find it all on there um, if you want to. But I just printed it as a document so that it would be easy at a glance for me versus like going to a website all the time. So characteristics of traditional diets, dietary guidelines, dietary dangers, and confused about fats. And I just saw a typo. Every time. <laughs> All right, Camille, can you go hit that light switch so that this light turns on, please? Yeah, go hit that light switch on the wall right there. Well, the no, right there, right there. Yeah, no, go that way. Yeah, go that way. She came up. Nope, the other one. Closer to me. Closer to me. Closer to me. There you go. All right, that's better. Oh, kind of right. But anyways. Um, she came up to me when I was sitting on the couch and I was like, how do I smell peanut butter? And now I see her eating a jar of peanut The dogs are in there. Gary made them all um, eggs and cheese, and that was an hour ago. And now they're suddenly all hungry and asking for food. The minute I started the Zoom call, suspicious. Anyone else? Um, will this tell me if people are in the waiting room? I hope it does, because. I don't want to miss anyone. All right, so brain health and nutrition. Such a great chapter. Hey, Aurelia, are you working? Are you taking a nutrition class? She's like, no. <laughs> you guys are, but I'm not. <laughs> so it was so fascinating reading this chapter about what our brain needs. Um, are, they gave examples. They said short-term memory depends on an adequate intake of vitamin B12, vitamin C, and vitamin E. I mean, we all know that basically our country is deficient on these things because it's not, um, you know, if you're not trying to get your proper nutrients in, then you aren't. So it's interesting reading how different nutrients being lacking actually causes those specific brain and memory problems. I don't know about you guys, but okay, go close the door. Go close the door. The dog's coming back in. I don't necessarily always 
think, or I guess I do now, but I didn't always necessarily think of like eating nutrition for my brain. I mean, I was to the point where I was like, yeah, I get that what you eat affects your skin. I get that what you eat, you know, like affects your health and whatnot, but it, I don't know that I necessarily thought of it in terms of the brain. So they, she listed some brain health issues, dementia. Interestingly enough, she said dementia is not considered a normal part of aging. That's interesting. Alzheimer's, which is the most common form of dementia. It can be caused by multiple different things. And she said only an autopsy after death can confirm Alzheimer's. Autism, which is a neural diversity spectrum that can go any like any range of like you might meet someone not even know that they're on the spectrum. Um, Full time care on the spectrum. There's just there's a pretty big range in that description. Um, Sabrina is our expert on it. She's very familiar with it. Has studied a lot about it. Um, works with her oldest with it. No. Second oldest. Who's your second oldest? All of a sudden. What now? Younger or older than Caden? All of a sudden, I don't. Caden's younger. I was like, "What are you confused about?" All of a sudden. The second, second, her second son. Um, So she works with him on that, and she can testify to this. Um, You guys can listen to her testimony on Vimeo also, but um, where it says many children have improved and even eliminated autistic behaviors with proper nutrition. Her school has even messaged her and be like, what are you doing? Like, what is happening? So she'll definitely testify to that. Um, Attention deficit. Okay, go get a chair. Slash hyperactive disorder. It's not necessarily an illness in fact as you guys may remember we talked about it in the zoom call last night Kari Freeman gave the example of her son um it's prolific in modern society a lot of people definitely agree that it is um, associated with the environment so environmental things includes you know food um lifestyle things like that being trapped in a room for hours on end possibly just being a different person than some of the people yeah also that yeah it was a huge range in there again just like with autism pretty big range what's your question you want another what another thing Another desk? No, I'm dead. I'm dead. What? I don't know what she's saying. You can't tell me, Seamus. Um, they should also listen to epilepsy. You want to sit? No. I'm dead. Why don't you climb up here? No. I'm so confused. Um, epilepsy, which is random seizure. Want to dance? No. Okay, go dance. No. I need to talk. Can I do the class? She just went and just walked away. So nutrition and the brain. Our brain is more than 60% fat. Fats are the most important nutrient for optimal brain power. Our society often touts fats as being bad for us, as causing weight gain or high cholesterol. Yes, there are bad fats and there are good fats. 
having the right kinds of fats is really important. Um, Sally Fallon made a list of beneficial fats as an example. She said for cooking, um, I, she said this in the book and I will say it too. Just although I know you, yes, you can put your dress on. Oh, dress, another dress. That's what she was saying. That's her other dress got wet. Um, it goes without saying, but here I am saying it anyways, <laughs> that the animal fats are only beneficial to us when they come from animals who are raised in their natural environment, outdoors, no pesticides or hormones, no injections, synthetics, things like that, um, grass-fed, whatever. Uh, that's the only animal fats that are beneficial. And then it's the same for plants. Plants need to be raised in what is considered their natural environment without synthetic nutrients um, in order to be beneficial because as the tagline on the food we buy for our animals says, you are what your food eats. <laughs> and that includes plants. If your kale, you guys know kale is a chelating plant, so it's job is to pull toxins out of the soil and store it in the leaves of the kale. So if your kale is grown in less than ideal conditions, you are eating a bag of toxins. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to dump that on you since there's nothing like a depressing night with Andrea. <laughs> oh, you know, just thinking about the garden I just planted in, uh, I don't know what soil, um, it's my yard and I believe in know. But you know, you're gonna improve the soil, and then by the time you leave, you know. <laughs> I thought of that. I was like, okay. Well. <laughs> so, cooking fats include butter, tallow, and suet from beef and lamb, lard from pigs, chicken, goose, and duck fat, coconut palm, and palm kernel oils. Yes, Elaine. Miss Teacher, Miss Andrea. <laughs> Can we just circle back to the kale for a minute? Because you can't just drop that and then just go about life like it's nobody's business, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> so let me ask you a question, uh, Ms. Homesteader. So if I have a plot of land or a, a small area that I would like to begin my garden, would it make sense then to plant a whole bunch of kale one year? Yeah, it would. Okay. There's also a plant that I don't know if it grows out of here, but it is prevalent on the East Coast. I'm not sure what the actual name for it is, but the kind of colloquial name is heal all. Okay. It's a it's a like a ground covering weed, but also a beneficial herb with thousands. You are gonna find tons of information about this plant if you yeah yeah, and it's I think it's also considered a thug in that it just can spread, but um, it does the same. Lots of plants. That, that's, that's plants' job, largely. Right, to clean the soil and nourish it to, so that you can grow. And, well, okay. because in, in an ideal world, these plants are pulling nutrients and like very intense nutrients out of this, this, the biome, right? Like, like the, there's this entire universes upon universes in the soil of, you know, microorganisms and things like that and nutrients. And then um, chelate is how it's pronounced, not chelate. Thanks, mom or Carissa, whichever one of you said that, I'm not sure. Um, but <laughs> but um, so chelating. So when plants pull these nutrients out, they hold the plants or they hold the nutrients in their cell structure, right? 
and then herbivores with, you know, stomachs or multiple stomachs that can ferment like ruminants, like cows come along and eat it. And then they start fermenting that in their stomach. They chew it back up, throw it into the next stomach, you know, goes through the rounds of fermentation. So that breaks down all the nutrients out of the plant and it goes into the meat and the bones and the, you know, all the connective tissues and organs of the animal. Then carnivores with one stomach, like bipedal humans, lions, cats, dogs, consume those animals and get the benefits of those nutrients that we literally cannot, like if you just eat kale, you're not going to get the same thing out of it unless you ferment it first, because we don't have that ability to ferment in our body. Fortunately, we can ferment in our kitchens. Um, cows don't have kitchens. So last I checked. <laughs> Thank you for the information. That was, you know, a huge bomb you just dropped. And I didn't know that. So now I always know you got to know your farmer, but like, how do you always know your farmer, right? You yeah. Don't. Also, it's very, very popular now to use humanure for um, planting or for, for vegetable growing. So that's human manure that is composted. Now, the downside of that is those include a extremely high dose of pharmaceuticals and um, other toxins that humans tend to ingest and inject. And so that gets consumed by the plants and, and most commercial fertilizer sold at the store has that in it, just so you guys know. So I, there's a couple that I know who they, they lived in California. Then they, they have like a, you know, like just a regular house in the city. Um, well, I mean, as far as I can tell, they had a huge yard compared to what California yards are. Right. But they had a regular, normal backyard, and they had chickens and all this stuff, and they farmed over like that. You know what? We we want to go have like a real, a real homestead. So they actually like lived in an RV and traveled around and visited all kinds of homesteads all across the country for like a year before they finally picked where they want to live, and they chose North Carolina. Well, when they were North or in California, the only compost that they were able to get was sewer compost. Did you know that's what your compost is made out of? <laughs> um, but on the humanure thing, it's, if you're doing, you know where the humanure is coming from, yeah. um, and you know who it's from, you know, it's a great thing, but if you're something you're interested in, totally Google or DuckDuckGo, the laws in your county, in your city, or in your state for that, because lots of states have lots of laws against if you can compost anything um, at all. Um, there's actually a part of where I'm, where I'm like all looking in places to, to live. There are some places that are like, this is such a great place, but you can't even compost there. Like you're not, so things like, like it's ridiculous that those things are being um, regulated in that way. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Check where your check where your stuff is. Yeah. Like and allowed in those areas because you can do the compost right. Yeah. And not full of that. Yeah. You, you totally can. Especially if you, those who live on the farm or wherever you're composting, don't take pharmaceuticals, then you automatically know there's not pharmaceuticals in it. Uh, for raw, for salads and raw usage, um, extra virgin olive oil. Expeller pressed sesame and peanut oils and Expeller expressed flax oil in small amounts are recommended. 
And for fat-soluble vitamins, fish liver oils, like cod liver, um, are beneficial. And then the fats to avoid, industrial fats can cause... This is not something that is up for debate or questioned in any way, shape, or form. This is all very well, very much known. Um, they can cause cancer, heart disease, immune system dysfunction. Jacob, if you leave the door open, the dogs will come back inside. Sterility, learning disabilities, growth problems, and osteoporosis. So all hydrogenated and partially hydrogenated oils. She explains in here that a hydrogenated oil is created of hydrogenation occurs in a laboratory she says right here so it creates fully or partially hydrogenated fat or trans fat yes okay take that back but i don't know where it just leave it there um this includes margarine and shortening like crisco they contain trans fats as do most processed commercially baked and fried foods why because trans fat has a longer shelf life it does not oxidize the way normal fat does if your food does not eventually break down it's probably not a good thing like just as an example we'll use extremely healthy wonderful good for you legumes like white beans sitting in a bucket dried the last more or less indefinitely quite a long time but they are not beneficial to you in that form. They have to be soaked or sprouted, cooked before you can actually get benefits from them. So food, even like beneficial food in nature that doesn't break down, probably the exception to this is honey because it's good forever. But if your food does not eventually break down, it's probably a problem. Okay. No, there's no you know how you're like, what's the amount of something that you can have and still be healthy? There's no amount of trans fats from hydrogenated oils that are included in a healthy diet. There's 0% of it can be because they are unnatural to the body. So we talk about, you know, different fats making us gain weight or have endocrine disruption or different issues. And we're like, why would different fats do it? Why would not tallow from a pasture raised cooney cooney hog not cause the same health issues as this partially hydrogenated soybean oil butter flavored that they serve at Waffle House. Okay. Why, why, what's the difference? Well, listen to this. The body does not even recognize trans fats as food and cannot use them for any type of nutrition. They cannot be metabolized. So they are stored as toxins in the body's fat cells. They raise bad LDL cholesterol. They lower good HDL cholesterol. That's kind of horrifying. Remember, it's in most processed, commercially baked and fried foods. This item that our body does not even acknowledge as food when we eat it. Our body calls it a toxin and packs it up safely in a fat cell where it can't get to you and hurt you. That's crazy. And it's in everything. It's in everything. Side little kitchen hack. Yeah. Yeah. If you like baking, um, as I do, things like sugar cookies or different recipes that take 
Crisco or shortening for their perfect fluffiness, get yourself ethically harvested organic palm shortening. It's incredible. It's soft and fluffy. It's not very expensive. I use it if I'm baking something that calls for butter and I'm making it for like a non-dairy person or sometimes even just to save money, I'll sub in the palm shortening instead. It's scoopable. It's soft, just like Crisco. It looks just like Crisco. And what's amazing about palm shortening is it has all the same benefits as coconut oil, except the lauric acid. It does not have the same lauric acid as coconut oil does. So amazing benefits. You just have to make sure that it's ethically, sustainably harvested. I get mine either from, what's it called? Healthy Traditions now, who's formerly called Tropical Traditions, but Healthy Traditions. I get it in buckets from them or azurestandard.com. Um, if you buy it on the grocery store shelf, it's pretty prohibitively expensive. But from those two places, it's even cheaper than buying butter. So, oh, can I see it on your hand? So, um, unsaturated and saturated fats. If you have heard anybody who, sorry, I'm boring, Lisa Bernadette. Anybody. I know it's like midnight for you guys, but anybody who, um, which would be all of us lived through the nineties. <laughs> we have been told that saturated fats are the devil. Um, I have some old, uh, from old Crisco. Wow. That's a lot of milk. No. Okay. I have some old Crisco cookbooks that Crisco put out when Crisco first became a thing. Um, it was, oh, that, I've done that before. Um, vegetable oils were first marketed to us because they were a waste product that the industry tried to find a way to use. And so they told us like grandma's tallow is disgusting and super bad for you. And vegetable oils are where it's at. When surprisingly, those vegetable oils are what kill people. And everybody who was living on tallow and lard was fine. But um, much modern dietary advice says to avoid saturated fats altogether. However, significant research supports the contrary. Saturated fats from coconut oil and from animals raised organically in their natural surroundings do have health benefits. This would include foods... Um, animal fats, um, like fats, dairy product, so butter, ghee, um, and meat, so tallow, lard, and plant sources such as coconut, palm fruit, and palm kernel. If your health advice, just a word of warning, if your health advice or something we've been told um, originates from the government, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sure my entire family has labeled me a conspiracy theorist, but I'll say this in the most least conspiracy theorist way I can. Be cautious of taking that advice for two reasons. One, government health, and this is not, again, this is not something that people question or quibble with. This is just a fact, which is easily traced. Government health advice is driven by lobbyists, which is somebody, so like 
if I lobby for the beef industry, my job is to go to Washington and help drive policy and um, regulations that support my industry. So lobbyists drive a lot of the health information, such things as pigs and turkeys raised outdoors are feral and could spread disease and should be destroyed and nobody should be allowed to raise them outside and they should only come from inside closed facilities. That's the kind of health advice that lobbyists trickle down, okay? So be cautious of that for that reason. And number two, a huge, a vast quantity of our health information, the BMI among them, comes from early military studies done on men only. So everything we have in these areas um, was done on tests of military men within like a various age range and they extrapolated for a smaller human, AKA a female, and we are not necessarily the same. Like we operate on the infradian rhythm versus the circadian rhythm. Like a lot about the female body is different and doesn't translate in those health texts the same way. So that's the two reasons I would say to be cautious of any health advice that trickles down from the government. And it is kind of hard to parse out what is and is not from the government because it doesn't always necessarily say like, Here's a government pamphlet about your health. It's just like, here's a book about health with information on a study. Where'd the study come from? Oh, well, it was done on men between the ages of 18 to 45 in 1960, you know? Okay, how much fat and what kind do we need? I'm really trying to stay on point, you guys. Um, so fat intake varies. Um, especially women of childbearing age is a group where you got to be really cautious about doing any of this, like intermittent fasting stuff. I think if you want to do intermittent fasting as a woman of childbearing age, the best way is what is called intuitive where you're kind of like, Hey, I didn't eat for 12 hours. You know, I just didn't, or, you know, but you eat when you feel like you need to, but being very cautious about it because your body does have a lot of needs. Um, you know, if you're like pregnant, nursing and things like that. So be cautious. In that. Younger children have a high need. Pregnant nursing moms have a high need, but everybody does have a crucial need for fat. Um, again, I will reiterate as I can update per as of last week. Again, I'm on the gaps diet, um, which is like a gut sealing protocol. And, um, I basically eat globs of fat every day for lack of a better word. And it's all pastured, grass fed, organic, very nutrient dense, like a lot. And again, between now and the last time we've talked, I've lost several more pounds. Like every week it is just dropping. And I'm like, wow, I just feel like we have been fed a lie for so long because nobody would tell you to cook your eggs in a puddle of ghee or coconut oil and lose weight, you know, like that doesn't even translate. So um, the authors of this book believe a reasonable amount for most Americans would be 30 to 40 grams or less per day with no more than one third of our total intake of fat from saturated fats and at least two thirds from polyunsaturated omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids. I hate it when people say stuff like that because I'm like, I, what percentage? 
I don't even know, but <laughs> it's nice if somebody says, here's an example of a meal, <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, that's helpful. So um, omega-3 fatty acids, there's three different types with long names that you can read yourself. They're termed essential because our body cannot manufacture them, but they are required for our growth development and general health. So these come primarily from fish, beef, and wild game. They are, and they can be synthesized by the body from ALA, which is alpha linolenic acids, which is one of the three kinds of omega-3 fatty acids. ALA can be found in nuts and seeds, in the oil of nuts and seeds from plants. However, ALA, so remember I told you there's three types of omega-3 fatty acids and they're all essential for the body. ALA is not really very well converted into the DHA and EPA, very small percentage of the fats from, uh, um, or of the oil from nuts and seeds can be converted into DHA or EPA. DHA is important in case you don't know. Um, the densest source of DHA in nature is human breast milk because your brain is basically made out of DHA and you build your brain in the first two or three years of your life whilst you are being breastfed. So you're basically being fed literal brain food. That's why it's the densest source, source in nature. Um, if I, you've ever been pregnant, you've heard about DHA a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. So just know, yes, you can get omega-3, and you'll see like on packages of like hemp, ground hemp seeds and stuff, a great source of omega-3 fatty acids, which it is, but they're not telling you it's only a good source of one of them, the ALA, not the DHA or the EPA. So make sure you're getting like a well-rounded. Um, this is a good example of why you should look into all of those things when they say good source of this or good source of that or enriched with this or whatever, because they yeah. tell you the truth, but it's like, part of the truth mm -hmm. it's just to, just enough to seem like they're helping you yeah you it is it's a partial truth yeah that's true um so dha she says here it's essential for brain development brain function and vision positively affects learning abilities coordination and mood it's necessary for pregnant women because it's vital for the development of the baby's growing brain um, and lower DHA content in mother's milk and lower consumption of seafood are linked with higher rates of postpartum depression. Um, EPA, of course, is needed for our hormone production. EPA and DHA reduce blood stickiness. They control our cholesterol and fat levels. They improve immune function and metabolism. They reduce inflammation. They provide water balance. So the best source everybody will tell you this for omega-3 is fish. <laughs> you can take omega Gis, which is a supplement Young Living has, if you don't love fish or don't have access to fish. Um, adequate plant sources include chia, flax, and pumpkin, which have the ALA. And remember, a very small percentage of that ALA converts to EPA and DHA, but some does. Okay, quick note on the fish not like farmed fish. Yeah, GMO fish. Be really, really thoughtful on and research 
where you're getting them. I think everybody on this call knows, but I'm just saying it for like the people on the replay. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. consider that because your farm stuff, you're not going to get, you might get some of those benefits, but you're also going to get a lot of really awful. It's hard to get ethical food and it's expensive. It's, it's, it's tough. Um, omega-6 fatty acids, arachidonic acid AA, and linoleic acid LA, which is a precursor to AA. And then the LA is converted into gamma-linolenic acid GLA. So not everyone has the enzymes necessary for conversion to GLA. Evening primrose and borage oil are considered the richest source of GLA. So you can actually take those as supplements. You can take those as capsules. I don't think Young Living has anything. Does Young Living have anything with evening primrose or borage? Not that I know of. Um, but why omega-6 is important is it helps keep the blood thin. It balances elevated blood pressure, improves nerve and immune system function, relaxes blood vessels and aids in blood sugar balance. You know, everything you read, you're like, oh, I want all of those things. Yeah, that's important. So it is important to have uh, a well-rounded diet, not just um, for lack of a better description, not just craft macaroni for lunch and like a bagel for breakfast. You, you won't get what your body needs. You'll, you'll probably survive. You will probably live. Yes, Jacob. What? How? How? How would you watch it? Okay. But downstairs. Um, so omega-6 fatty acids come from Pumpkin, safflower, sesame, corn, walnut, soybean, and wheat germ oils. All right. How much omega-3 and omega-6 should we have in our diets? This is the question of the hour. Um, so our ancestors, the way... It's interesting whenever I... Can you guys close the door so the dogs don't come in? All right, the dog's inside. Close the door. Like this hasn't happened 43 times today. Already. Um, when you, if you eat out of like your perimeter, everything that can be produced in there, so you're growing vegetables, you're eating some of them and feeding them to your animals, then you're eating the entire animal, you know, connective tissues, livers, bones, marrow, meat, um, because you don't want to waste any of all that work you just did for the last three years. And okay, go potty in the little one. Good idea. Yeah. Hold your dress. Take my undies. Yeah, you can take your undies off too. And your pants. And your pants. Okay. Uh, but the more, you know, if you eat within like your range, I, I just sort of observe, it's like all the things that we're supposed to get are included, you know? Like you have options here. You don't have to eat pumpkin and safflower and sesame and corn and walnut and soybean and wheat germ you know what i mean like you only need to raise a few of those so the way our ancestors ate was either they starved <laughs> to death or they ate you know by raising their food you know there was again a big variation i don't want to oh does she need help getting on i don't want to over romanticize 
uh, the past. Mom said, FYI, cholera, the main source of contamination, bacteria found in feces of infected person can spread rapidly where sewage slash drinking water or possibly compost are inadequately treated. Yes, that's probably why there's so much regulation around it because you don't want to start cholera back up. Part about the compost, and they yeah. didn't say it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I can't go trim the line on. Go ask Jacob to trim the line on. Hold on, I'm going to call Jacob. I got to mute myself. I spared you. You guys remember one time I was doing a Zoom call and I muted myself and yelled something like that to the kids, but I didn't mute myself and I turned back around and everyone was like, <laughs> like laughing. Okay, I just want you to know that was on a funnel call with a ton of other people even in our team. Well, and, take her to the bathroom and turn the light on for her. That's even worse. Okay. And, and one of the girls was singing. I'm sure it was Camille. She was singing. And oh, you know. like eventually you were like, I'm muted. This is what I remember this the other day. I was like, I do remember yeah, Elaine was and she goes, yeah. And I was thinking, Oh, I was really liking that. And Elaine went, Hey, I was enjoying that song. And she said, yeah, me too. I remember that. That was so funny. I was just like, oh my gosh, everyone's listening to that. It's probably bothering them. So a diet with a one-to-one -one ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 was the norm. So currently with our fast food addictions, eating out of a box mentalities and commercially raised beef, it's estimated that the ratio is 15 to one omega-6 to omega-3s. That's why we have so much inflammation. Yep. This imbalance increases the risk of coronary heart disease and also heightens the body's natural inflammatory process. It's so, guys, there's literally a dog in here. Are you kidding me? Get the dog out and close the doors. <laughs> These dogs can't open doors. Oh, he's coming. So uh, get the get down, Jacob. Go find the doors that are open and close them. Don't just keep putting the dog out one door and leaving the other one open. Okay. So um, one interesting thing that I learned about meat when I started studying, you know, nose to tail eating was that if you do just eat muscle meat all the time, like if you ate, I don't know, we'll just say like steak all the time, and that was your meat all the time, that does raise your risk of like coronary heart disease and all these other things. And as Elaine said, heightens our body's natural inflammatory process because your balance gets thrown off. Your body assumes you're going to use the whole cow. So some of the times you would be getting like connective tissues or broth made from bones or marrow or organ meats. And um, what that does is there's actually, I wish I could sound really smart and tell you the names, but don't remember, but there's actually... Uh, nutrients in those meats that you need with the nutrients in the muscle meat in order to have like your proper, you know, health. So I, I everybody goes with the crazy at the paleo trend and makes like a thousand pieces of steak or whatever people do. But you're like, well, paleo would realistically also include everything else from that cow. Um, so that's where your balance comes in. So um, optimum ratio suggested by today's health professionals is two to one omega-6 to omega-3, or even as high as four to one omega-6 to omega-3. 
Um, remember, one source of omega-6 is also soybean oil, and so there's a lot of that in everything. So why do we need to eat more of the omega-3s? Elaine alluded to it. What's, what's the point? So first of all, omega-3s are heart protective. They're good for our brain, skin, hair, and nails. They support our immune system. Yay. And secondly, it's really easy to get too much omega-6 in our diet, just the way that we live nowadays. Chips, fried foods, commercially baked goods, cookies, cakes, crackers, commercially raised beef all have excess omega-6. Side note, does anybody ever watch those health documentaries and they're telling you all this healthy stuff and you're like, yes, I want to do all the healthy things. And then they're like, these aren't healthy Americans and they show a cheeseburger and fries and you're like, that looks so good. <laughs> does that happen to anyone else or just me? You're like, oh, I, I, I can take that burger right now. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, the other reason is if we have too much omega-6, um, this can be due to the slow conversion process of the plant-based ALA slowly easing its way into EPA and DHA. And there, if you're eating a lot of commercially processed food, you'll be getting a lot more, sorry about this horrible lighting, but I guess I'll have to, um, but you could be getting a lot more of that ALA versus the EPA and DHA. So omega-6 is not in proper balance to omega-3s, stir up toxins in our body and cause inflammation. Arachidonic acid is a form of omega-6 and it's converted in by our bodies into prostaglandins, which is a pro-inflammatory agent. It is found in high levels in beef products. Did you know, interestingly, Gary Young was not a proponent of red meat. So any Young Living event or convention you'll go to, you will never see red meat on the menu. You'll get these like pieces of chicken and salmon and like asparagus and stuff like that. And you're like, what? Okay. So um, disorders of the brain that are linked to omega-3 deficiency include, tell me, number one, if you think omega-3 deficiency probably exists, I mean, just reading this, I would say, yeah, and lots of people. And then two, I want you to tell me if you've ever heard of anyone with any of these um, brain disorders that are linked to omega-3 deficiency. It's not to say that that was the cause, but linked to it. Attention deficit disorder, ADD. Attention deficit hyperactive disorder, ADHD. Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So uh, American Heart Association says that omega-3s also reduce our risk of cardiovascular disease. Um, we did mention this in our cleanse Zoom calls, but the number one killer in the United States of adults is heart disease. Um, in its various forms. So both heart attacks and heart failure and all of these related heart diseases and childhood heart disease is on the rise. If you could believe that. Yeah. I mean, that's not even a word that competes in my head. Childhood heart disease. It doesn't even make sense. So if we take drastic measures to reduce our omega-6s and increase the omega-3s, um, probably going to have to supplement with omega-3s. It's just a fact, especially 
for people who don't like fish. So like Elaine, if you're living on the Greek island and eating the seafood all the time, probably fine. <laughs> but if you live in a landlocked Kansas, <laughs> I guess you can fish for trout or whatever. Do they have trout in Kansas? I don't even know. But, um, you know, you might not love seafood as much. Okay. Um, and even if you live by the coast, <laughs> I remember when Gary and I went on our honeymoon, we went to this little restaurant that was basically like somebody's house and their living room was like the tables and the husband was a pastry chef. Like we ate so much good food there and we we're the only people there. So the lady just like gave us tons of information. It's phenomenal looking back. But um, she was like, oh, we never eat at the little coast fish places because they all, my gosh, this light is just like terrifying. They all have frozen fish shipped in from Alaska. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> but she's like, not us. So choosing the right supplements for your brain, omega-3 fish sources. So even if you're using pharmaceutical grade fish oil, the supplements have to remove toxins and heavy metals from the fish oil. And the flavoring is added to lessen the fishy taste during digestion or ingestion, AKA burping fish oil. So use fish oil from fish with higher concentrations of EPA and DHA, where fish live in clean water free of heavy metals and toxins. Hard to find, just so you guys know. And, um, you know that like the breast milk of Inuit women at the very, as far up to the Arctic circle as people live, their breast milk is tested and found to be so high in all these heavy metals and toxins because they are consuming animals that migrate through our disgusting waters up to the clean waters up there. So hard to escape. Um, but is enteric coasted, so digestion doesn't begin until it reaches a small intestine. That means it doesn't get broken down in your stomach acid. And then is enhanced with a blend of plant compounds that fight inflammation, which is a chief culprit of excess omega-6 consumption. Um, there are some vegetarian sources um, that can provide you ALA. Remember, you're probably not gonna get enough EPA or DHA from these. That includes flax seed. Flaxseed has lots of benefits. Did you know it's really good for chickens too? I just learned that the other day. So here we go. <laughs> um, chia seeds are another good source. Um, uh, for prepara preparation of flaxseed, soak it in warm water to make it um, <laughs> mucilaginous, sorry. Uh, and then eating that can actually bring relief for intestinal comfort. Uh, chia seeds also should be soaked first. Flax seeds should be ground, chia seeds should be soaked. They don't need to be ground. Um, even if you're gonna put it in your smoothie, I highly recommend soaking it overnight just in the fridge. You can just soak it in like almond milk or milk or water, it doesn't really matter, just to make it more digestible. That's um, why those, those pretty pictures of like, like they're like a jar and like people and they've got all the little cheese seeds in them is because people make the like overnight smoothies with we that. should have put well you know what there's gonna be like seven 
additional ebooks coming your guys's way because we need to put in a chia pudding. Chia pudding is one of my favorite things in the world. I'm not even kidding. I love chia pudding. It's literally just, you can Google to get measurements. I cannot tell you measurements, but you put chia seeds and almond milk, whisk, 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 soak it overnight. And you can add in chocolate extract or vanilla extract, or I mean, whatever you want to make it, whatever flavor you want, you can mix in chopped fruit, whatever. And it's basically tapioca, but easier. And you feel like a healthy guru when you eat it. <laughs> Sabrina, you just looked up and it's funny because you looked up on my screen at Elaine. <laughs> looked like you were talking to her. <laughs> She's my to get She's this way for me. <laughs> and oh, goes this way. Andrea's Carissa is right here for me. And Andrea then Leslie's like right over. And then Colleen is right here. <laughs> Colleen's way at the bottom for me. Andrea's to my this way. And Sabrina, you're this way. And Leslie. So funny. This way. So funny. We've all gotten, Elaine and I have gotten pictures posted of this already. So. <laughs> She has this little recipe in the sidebar. It says combine two tablespoons of each flax seed, chia seed, sesame seed, sunflower seed, and pumpkin seed. Grind them together and store in a jar in the refrigerator. Consume one tablespoon daily by just taking it. How would, I don't know how you do that. Or adding it to a smoothie to ensure your omega-3 intake. That's a fantastic idea. I'm totally going to do it. All right. I'm going to rattle off the omega-3 deficiency symptoms, and then I'll give you an omega-6 supplement and we can jump into the activities. Okay. Omega-3 deficiency symptoms. Um, you may or may not have an omega-3 deficiency if any of these or all of them, gosh, I hope not, sound familiar. Hampered growth, change in behavior, leaky gut, water retention, drier inflamed skin, low energy, general weakness, high triglycerides. I don't know how you would know if you had that tingling and arms and legs. Oh my gosh. I totally have that. And it drives me nuts. Just my arms. Like why poor motor coordination. Everybody says I'm the worst insulin resistance, depression, learning problems. Some would say yes. High blood pressure, allergies, low metabolism, low blah, can't talk, low metabolism, low thyroid function. Y'all, I think I'm diagnosing myself as we speak out like half of these. Low adrenal function, hyperactivity, psoriasis, eczema, acne, attention deficit, platelets sticking, which causes clots to form and leads to heart attack or stroke, poor vision, slow wound healing. Guess I'm omega-3 deficient because I have like most of those. <laughs> okay, good brain foods. Um, Elaine, we should post these lists in the group because this is just one of the sidebars. It's on page 34 of your edition, but this is just a good list. Like you could literally hang this on the fridge. Good brain foods include, but not limited to avocados, bananas, lean beef, brewer's yeast, broccoli, brown rice, Brussels sprouts, cantaloupe, chia seeds, chicken, collard greens, eggs, flaxseed oil, legumes, oatmeal, oranges, almonds, cashew or walnut butter, peas, potatoes, romaine, lettuce, salmon, spinach, tuna, turkey, and wheat germ. Sidebar, if anybody is watching this on the replay who is nursing a baby, brain foods also equal nursing foods. They're the same thing. Bad 
was that's on page 34 for me. It's a little sidebar at the top right here um, on the last page of chapter one before or chapter two before you get to the activities. I'll post it after class. Thanks, Elaine. Um, bad brain foods include, but are not limited to, alcohol, artificial colors, and flavors, which these contain unnatural chemicals and cannot be digested, and they turn into toxins in our body. Caffeine, <clears throat> sorry, coffee lovers, cakes, candy, corn, <laughs> candy corn, get it now, candy, corn syrup, dairy, fried foods, hydrogenated fats and oils, high fructose corn syrup, margarine, partially hydrogenated oils, shortening sodas, sugar, sweet baked goods, and trans fats. It's kind of shocking how many of those have the asterisk next to it that says these cannot be digested. Our body doesn't acknowledge them as food and they turn into toxins the second we consume. I mean, they're toxic before we eat them, but our body tries to hide them from our organs as toxins because they're like, oh, let's not kill this person. Let's just store it somewhere safe. If you had that like once a year, you'd be fine. You know what I mean? Like your body can tolerate that. Sort of like your kid's room. If they had a birthday and Christmas every weekend, you know, and you'd be like, this is too much, we can't handle it. But if you can space them out, then you can like clear stuff out in between. And the last, but not least omega-6 supplements. Omega-6 fatty acids come from some vegetable sources like corn, sunflower, safflower, soybean, cottonseed, nuts, and seeds. They're common from lean meat, eggs, and poultry. Animals fed diets rich in flaxseed meal, AKA our chickens, <laughs> will have better omega-3 to omega-6 ratios. But it is known that grass-fed free-ranging animals have better ratio naturally. So our chickens eat, like we move their pasture every few days. So they eat grass and weeds and bugs and other disgusting, nasty things. We give them a whole grain, locally raised organic diet to supplement that. And then oyster shells and things like flaxseed and mealworms, also disgusting um, because we want our eggs to be like the eggs you would get from these chickens are not the equivalent of the eggs that come in like 99 cent a box. Like this is $10 a dozen versus 99 cents a dozen. There's a reason when you like crack those eggs and analyze them, they're not even the same thing. Like if you're on gaps, you literally can't even eat those eggs. Like if the animal ate soybean, you can't even eat them on gaps. That's how crazy it is. Weirdly enough, the animals can only produce food based on what you're feeding them. <laughs> so um, a deficiency symptoms, omega-6 deficiency symptoms. If this is you, you know what to do. Um, eczema, sterility in males, dry skin and hair, dry eyes, elevated cholesterol, susceptible to infection, kidney malfunction, drying up of the glands, fatty liver, miscarriage in females, hair loss, excessive sweating. So omega-3, omega-6 balance is crucial. Deficiency of omega-6 is harder to identify because omega-3s can cover for omega-6 not showing up to work, but omega-6 cannot cover for omega-3. So you're more likely to see 
as I did, the omega-3 deficiencies. Um, proper intake of omega-3 rich foods with omega-3 and omega-6 is essential. Okay, that was all of chapter one. I actually don't know what time it is. Um, so I don't even know if we're like on time. My phone, y'all, I can't even post on Instagram. My phone is like basically not working at all. Um, 703. <laughs> 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 Your phone isn't working. I just texted you something. If it was on Facebook, then I can still check Facebook. But if it was right, actually. So go look at what Jessica Patty just posted in drop. Hold on, hold on. We're yeah, you need to go things. look. It's in diamond droppers. Mm -hmm. Okay, diamond droppers. Okay, can you guys see the screen? Oh, it's so exciting. I was like, I can't even listen anymore. I'm like so excited. I know, because I, I, I got pinged and I said it to you. Yeah. I didn't want to interrupt your conversation about omega-3s. Right there. Oh, snap. I am so excited these new KidSense products are being released today. You know what? Those two cross-line girls from my house, I don't know if the video we made went through or not, but they're, they're under Kari Ray Lewis, and they're like, we wonder if something um, KidSense is coming out because Kari always posts like, what's your favorite testimony for, you know, Copaiba? And then it comes back into stock on Wednesday. And they're like, Kari's been saying, what's your favorite KidSense oil? So they're like, I wonder if something kids have. Okay, but she also said there's a new kid scent oil called Kid Power. And you totally, I gave, I don't, there it is. You're. Whether Kid Power smells more like Skittles or Starburst candy, but I think it smells more like a creamsicle popsicle. The ingredients are orange, vanilla, black spruce, camphor, blue tea. Mom, they made this for you. Um, Gary Young always said orange needs to be in anything for kids because it makes us so happy. He actually said that. Um, one kid power per account. Oh, snap, snap, snap. I'm going to get one on mine and Gary's. It's going to be yes. out OSS about 15 minutes after they go live yeah. with it. No, absolutely true. Little Oilers PSK. That's what they said. They're like, I wonder if please, please is an, uh, Kid sense PSK gonna come out. The girls. Okay, so I gotta say, in our edgy group on Instagram, Amanda was sharing this video from this lady, and she was asking, like, is what she's doing like allowing rubber? And I went and looked, and she was sharing um, starter kits and stuff, and she talked about the kids' starter kit, and it was all these things, and it didn't even register with me. She already was like, post, she already had this out. Kids sense roll on. Sorry, what? Yeah, so there was a roll-on set as well. Roll-on collection, Sleepy Eyes, Jeans. A 15 mil kid power? Oh, I'm getting this. Yeah. Okay, tell me that with this kit, we can sign up people under 18. <laughs> right? If they're 16. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and you're 16. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know what, girl? Oh my gosh, these are but for real though, like so many people who are like, oh, I want to get this for my kids or my grandkids or whatever. Nathan, please. Oh my gosh, when you purchase this collection, you'll get a free one of a kind kiddo cape. Oh, that's so cute. You have to get it. Okay, so um, Wendy McCure was posting pictures like like teasers right before the call, 
and she was like she had like blocked out things and he had a cape on and it said young living on the bottom but oh she that's right was like, and i was like young living cape i wonder what that's about it didn't even occur to me that we could stop i didn't even think about that i was just like oh that's cute they made a little young living cape for halloween or something Cave's dish soap is back in stock tomorrow too thank you thank you that's the one thing we just blow through I have to remember to get another um, dishwasher soap too. <laughs> Though we don't have a dishwasher, Gary uses it for his hands. I use it in the toilet. Oh, phenomenal. You know how, yeah, in the toilet, that's right. Do you know how many people have asked for a kid's starter kit? I swear it's a discussion every week. And I'm like. I've been making one with the $35 one. I've just been making one. And people have been starting that way. But this is so much better because doesn't Canada have this? Didn't they? Yeah, Canada did. You're right. Canada got it first. That's funny because just yesterday and today I was looking at my bottle of cream sickle going, it's almost empty. Oh, this is going to be so good. They said it smells like Skittles. Little Oilers premium starter kit. Man, anybody whose husband is not signed up now, it's like, okay, sorry, husband, you get an account. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so in the mystery class, she posted a picture of the orange vanilla black spruce camper, blue tansy, frankincense, and geranium. Yay! This is so exciting and just what we needed. This is Are we still on live? Yeah, we're still alive. So everybody's getting their preview. Where is it in here? How do I? Okay, I guess I have to go to discussion. Oh, this is so cute. That diffuser is just absolute bomb. Oh man! My seventeen-year-old loves that diffuser. That's what's in his room, and I bought him the little glasses that somebody on Etsy. Oh, I want those. So cute. Um, I was thinking it'd be fun to make different eyes for it when I got mine. I thought like it'd be fun to do like eyelashes and stuff. Let's, we um, had the glasses and then we got the um, eyelashes, the male ones, of course. We didn't make um, his female, but yeah. Uh, is Stress Away the only oil blend with vanilla in it? Yes. You know what? You know what this is going to do? It's going to open up a whole new world of fall smells because Stress Away is the one we rely on so heavily for like the cookie smell. This is going to make like mix this with like your Copaiba and stuff. Like you're going to get like all the freaking diffuser blends coming out of this. I can't wait. I can't wait either. So can, when can we order it? Tomorrow noon time. Okay. Mountain time. Well, 11 o'clock my time. Oh, gosh, that's the exact same time as the kids' piano lesson. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'll have to have Gary's computer out. Or borrow Annie's phone or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll have, like, log him logged in on his computer and me logged in on my phone and just go through and grab it that way. 100% getting... When I first signed up in 2015, there was a um, Kids Sense 
set like four oils, but it went out of stock probably within two months of me signing up and never came back into stock until whenever they did that little set just a little, little while ago. Yay. FYI, but now laundry soap is out of stock. I know. I'm so glad I hoard that stuff. Me too. I hoard it like crazy because the one thing I can't do is not wash laundry. Hopefully I'll it won't be out too long. I'll have to substitute kid power. <laughs> yes. What you gonna do? Uh, did I see it said you can get it on ER? I think I saw that. It says something about ER and shop. It said shop only. Oh, okay. I mean, I was like, usually for the first month of release, they don't put it on ER just because they know they literally can't tolerate that on the system. Um, can we finish this chapter or can we even think? Yeah, there's only two pages. It's not too bad. Um, <laughs> that's so exciting. Did we lose Carissa or is she still here? Um, <clears throat> she has to eat because she has a different call at 730. The discussion, okay, the discussion questions are funny. It literally starts out, do you think that what you eat as a child affects your brain when you're an adult? Yes. In fact, we have heard many people say, what is it that Kari Freeman said last night? We're not living longer, we're dying slower. And I have heard in line with that statement, I have heard it said that our elders, elder people are like, oh no, the life expectancy isn't going down. We have people who are 120 years old and people are saying, yes, our elder elders are living so long because they grew up on raw meat, fresh air, sunshine, rolling in the dirt, eating chicken broth, right? They grew up on that and that was the foundation of their body. So that tells me how important it is what we're doing, feeding our little ones, um, all this good food. So the activities are so fun. I just love seeing the word Greek everywhere, Elaine. So eat one of the foods from the good brain foods list each day for a week. Eat a different food each day. Describe their taste and their smell. Make a chart to keep track of what you ate. Who wants to do that? I actually really want to do that. That sounds really fun. Um, just to see what I eat. The good brain foods, avocados, bananas, lean beef, <clears throat> Brewer's yeast, broccoli, brown rice, Brussels sprouts, cantaloupe. Wow. <laughs> I literally have like all of this right now. I have broccoli in the fridge, cantaloupe in the fridge, bananas on the counter, avocados. I have brewer's yeast. I do have brown rice, although I don't like it. I have chia seeds, chicken. I have collard greens, eggs, flaxseed oils, legumes, oatmeals. I think I have one orange. I have almonds and cashews and walnut butter. I have frozen peas, if that counts. Don't have any potatoes. Don't have any romaine or salmon. I have spinach, tuna. I have like 30 turkeys, but they're not edible yet. <laughs> and wheat germ. <laughs> so I have no excuse. I'll have to do that activity. Which one was that? What number was that? <laughs> it was number one. Eat one of the foods from the good brain foods list each day for a week. I guess they changed it because that doesn't, I don't see that online. Maybe they, did they have the good brain food section in yours? Yes. I just didn't see where it was at first. Maybe they just added the thing. Um, write or give an, oh, I found it. oh, okay. Write or give an oral presentation. So narrate the best three foods for the brain. <laughs> 
I like how she says, if you can find an item with trans or hydrogenated fat in your cupboard, experiment to see how long it takes until it begins to go bad. Or buy a small bag of French fries from a fast food chain, put it in a plastic bag and write the date on the bag. Okay, that sounds kind of fun, actually. <laughs> Although we all know that my kids will cry if I drive to McDonald's, literally cry. Um, Never do that again, mom. Write a poem about your favorite brain food. I want to do a haiku. <laughs> Funny or serious, it says. Visit a local produce stand, identify all the good brain foods. If you can, ask the employee how the fruits and vegetables are grown. I'm so glad we do that literally every week. Okay, and then your more advanced ones. Create a breakfast using three of the foods from the good brain foods list. Guys, these are activities that are literally things we should be doing like these are such good exercises it's good because i'm about to go grocery shopping <laughs> perfect <laughs> refer to the omega chart in appendix j and find the top plant and fish sources for omega-3 i don't think everyone has it so i'm gonna look it up right now appendix j there's a lot of appendixes like it goes all the way through the alphabet and then starts over at aa Okay, where's the chart? Salmon is the highest for omega-3 in fish. Um, Omega-3s, the highest plant is chia. And omega-6s, the highest plant is evening primrose. Wow. So salmon, chia, evening primrose. There you go. Um, look up the meaning of the word omega. Did anybody look up the origin of lobe? Carissa did. What? Did she, did she leave well, her? Oh, not or, origin or definition? Definition? I don't know. She looked up something about lobe. She... What? It was supposed to be like the look it up, learn about lobe, and it was what was the origin of the word? Like what was the yeah? I want to know where it came from. I didn't and guess. Chris was right. Yeah. I was hoping someone looked it up because I didn't. I'll look. Um, we started growing our avocado pits don't have any growth yet and then we made the kids made avocado all by themselves i mean i was in the kitchen but i was washing dishes just telling them what to do that was really fun <gasps> mom we have to go see grandma interview okay. someone, preferably over 70 who grew up on a farm ask him uh -huh. what kinds of foods they grew what animals they raised and what it was like to live on a farm. Write a narration, write a report about how it is similar or different to how you get your food. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, so both my parents, right? Grew up on farms, right? Right. They got their food by stepping out the back door and right. plucking it out of the ground, right? Or out of the tree. So olives, um, mm. prickly pears, figs, 
um, potatoes out of the ground. Yeah. And what's that different from what I do right now? Yeah. I get in my car. I leave a carbon footprint everywhere I go. And then I go to the grocery store. Wow. Well, I, stop the the other day. I did go to a farmer's market the other day. But still. Oh, man. I mean, that could also be legitimately city versus country life. You know, there's people who lived in the city when your parents were growing up, too. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so got their food from their relatives that lived in the country. So. Okay, there you go. Um, no, that's true. Okay, create a daily menu using the highest, including the highest omega 3 foods. Say that again. Create a daily menu that includes the highest omega 3 foods. So, chia pudding, <laughs> evening primrose. Um, Research the processed, oh, this would be horrible. Research the processed used to remove oil from a seed. How does this impact the price of various types of products such as vegetable oil, sunflower seed oil, olive oil, and flaxseed oil? Research organic versus non-organic farming. What are the differences in seeds, soil cultivation, and harvesting? So basically go read about seed to seal. That's a really, the most, that's a great, great example of how farming should be done. I've been on a lot of intensive biodynamic farms, but I have not been on one that does all the things Young Living does. So I know that they do a good job. Um, and then print out the chart in Appendix J and the Brad Bain food, Brain Food List and find three packaged foods that are labeled as containing omega-3 compare them, oh my gosh, compare the label to find the omega-3 ingredient and then compare it to the bad brain foods list to see if it contains any of those ingredients. So basically, is there a food that says contains omega-3, added omega-3, and then you look and it maybe has like the lowest source of omega-3 in nature and 12 of the bad brain foods, right? That's a marketing ploy to get you to buy it. And you're like, uh, no, it's junk food, but it's healthy for my brain. So I'm doing it like, no, it's actually totally not. We destroyed all the good you did. The recipe they gave us is Greek salad. Um, yeah, we're all going to have I literally had that for lunch today. <laughs> well, we're not surprised. Every day. That's Every, gonna... day. Every day. Elaine, technically, any salad you make is a Greek salad. Is Greek salad, yeah. But a traditional Greek salad actually doesn't have lettuce in it. It is tomatoes, cucumbers, feta cheese, olive oils, and red onion. It's typically, and sometimes not even the cucumber, it's just the tomato and the onion with the Wait, olives and the feta. Say it again, what's So everything that's on there except for lettuce. They don't put lettuce. That's not a thing. Well, that's good because lettuce is the least favorite part in the whole salad. Yeah, it's not a thing. And so in most traditional homes, you go in the summer, especially when the tomatoes are at their ripest, you know, when they're like really juicy. I have a giant box of heirloom tomatoes on my table right now. Order them, put them in a bowl with just some onion and some olive oil and very little um, um, vinegar. Um, and then just let it sit for a while till it all kind of does its magic. And then you can sit with like a nice crusty sourdough bread 
Oh yeah, and you gotta put like sea salt and oregano on it, right? And then you sit with a nice crusty loaf of bread and some feta cheese on the side, not in it, but on the side, right? Because you don't want to mix them. Really? In the bowl. You keep them separate. Oh my gosh, you will like eat that forever. And olive, oh, and olives too, if you have them. You don't want to mix it. And I'm sitting there thinking, can I put it on top of the bread? You can. But you, but so what we do is we dunk the bread because the tomato like lets out, right? And you just dip the bread in there and then you can put the, the cheese and the olive oils on top. I mean, the um, olives on top of the bread and then. Yeah, yeah olives aren't local to us. But I guess I'm going to have to ship them to you. I'm sending Gary a very short shopping list. <laughs> Can you please get feta cheese and olives? Alamada olives. Okay, but like this might be changing the less feel a little bit, but can you imagine goat cheese? Um, mm. I will be able to make my own feta cheese. And feta cheese is one of the cheeses that's so easy to make because you don't have to press it. <laughs> yes, it's so yummy. Yummy, yummy. And I'm biased. Um, you're not at all. Well, they told me when I got pregnant that I shouldn't eat feta cheese while I'm pregnant. Yeah, it's like on the no-no list. I go, um, I was weaned on feta cheese. There's there's no way. I, I have to eat feta cheese. There's there's no way. I go, there's no way that my kid will get sick from it. I'm, it's already in my, like, DNA. <laughs> I'll get sick if I don't have it. Exactly. Um, the kitchen activities she suggests, experiment with oil and vinegar in a smaller bowl. bowl. Do they combine and separate? Why? Find the expiration date on a bottle of olive oil. Why does it have an expiration date and what other ingredients can go rancid? Use two lettuce leaves to try an extended experiment. Tear a leaf in half, then use a pen or marker to label both pieces with T for tear. Cut another leaf in half, mark both pieces with C for cut, refrigerate them for three days, check on them and note any differences. All I can think is, mom, Lucy, you don't cut the leaves, you tear them. <laughs> All right, and then the, the last three activities for the kitchen, experiment with oil and vinegar in a smaller bowl, then mix them with the other ingredients in the recipe and narrate what your results are. What are the different varieties of green leafy vegetables available at your local market? Research the nutritional value of each one. See, this is why homeschool kids are so useful because if Jacob was maybe just a little bit older, I'd be like, go do that. And then I just get the benefit of him giving me that information. I realize now what mom was doing all that time. <laughs> Wait, so in one of my homeschool groups, somebody was like, I have never had my kids like in the kitchen with me. Like, they just irritate me and I'm don't, not into that. And I'm like, I, I do get that. But she was like, I really, well, I want to be able to incorporate like a home ec type situation. Um, what kind of things do you guys do? And I was like, listen, I have my kids, even though it's annoying. I have my kids in there cooking with me all the time because it really pays off when you're really busy doing something and you go, hey. Did you make breakfast? And they do, and it's actually delicious, yeah. and they don't destroy the entire kitchen. Like yeah. when they can cook for you and and just take it off your plate, well, that makes um, like, it's oh, worth it's worth all the time that you cooked. And we're like, oh my gosh, they are literally grabbing everything and knocking everything over. How am I going to survive this? In that video, that was so cute. They're snatching everything. 
Um, I remember at the Marysville house, I can't remember what I was doing, but um, I think I was in my office working and I like, I was like, I smelled smoke. Okay. I'll remember that. Jacob um, built a fire in the fire pit and he put cast iron pans outside and he toasted bread and then he cracked eggs onto it and sprinkled kale leaves on top. And then I came outside because he said, Mommy, your little chef made you breakfast. So I came outside and he like took the look with his flourish. I was like, oh my gosh, we actually did. We were on a Zoom call when that happened. And you were like, <clears throat> trying really hard to be like, well, quiet about the fact that because you were like publicly, like that your kid was out there starting fires and stuff that you were watching. You were like, maybe I shouldn't say this on here. Of my life has been on a Zoom call. I realize now. <laughs> um, but really, the ultimate is when you're driving down the road in your motorhome, and you sit in the front with your spouse, and then your kids come up and bring you your plates of food they just made, and you're like, yes. <laughs> no, I have a new goal in life. <laughs> the best is when you're driving down the road in the motorhome, and your parents let you make food that's the best <laughs> that was the best i i i loved i always was like i have to get my sea legs because you can like roll with <laughs> okay but like that is my like to be able to be up and doing like cooking and stuff like that while we were on a road trip would literally no it would change, change my change my life forever like well oh. it's a skill you have to acquire yeah. oh for sure <laughs> life skill isn't it as a parent teaching your children life skills I fall over on a completely flat surface and trip on absolutely nothing so I can't imagine it would be not the prettiest sight to see you trying to cook in a movie but you know Sabrina uh, have you great. watched the long long trailer yet <laughs> Because I require it as a part of your homework now. But it really is best to watch it after your motorhome trip. Yeah, probably. The very last activity, which if you guys do, I hope you share it with us. What? You want a smoothie? Oh. Create your own healthy salad using at least five of your favorite <laughs> ingredients. Good brain foods, no bad brain foods. <laughs> If you are pleased with the results, write down the recipe to share with family and friends. I actually did that once without knowing what I was doing. I will go get it. Well, we'll see if I did it. Yeah, if you guys do this, you have to, everybody should just post their recipe. Well, you might get in the next edition. Right? She's, and mine says send it to the editor of the book. Really? What? Says, send it to the editor at growinghealthyhomes.com for possible future publication. Didn't we just talk about Leslie the other day, how she just drops these like things out of thin air and it's like genius, right? Were we just not talking about this? <laughs> we were definitely talking. <laughs> Where is the chopped? Let's just type chopped. 
I'm on my old blog, which is kind of. You know what's really, really amazing right now? Because of the way that it's gotten darker outside for you. Behind your head, I can see the trees and stuff outside, and I'm like, oh, so nice. Yeah, Actually, earlier today when I was talking to my grandma, I said something to Kaden about turn the light off or turn the light on, and she was like, is it dark there? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's dark here. It is. I'm just looking to see if I... Oh, this is what I call it. Chopped kick the sickness salad. Uh, let's see. What was What did I put in it? This was... The first CSA I was subscribed to in California. Tomatoes, yellow onion, cheese, avocado, olive oil, cider vinegar, pepper, sea salt, and cumin. You can use pep black pepper oil. Oh yeah. This was a really, really good salad though. I, I cumin oil too. Crappy oil. Right? What's that one? And cumin oil. Yes, exactly. We used like three or four oils when we made the or guacamole. Yeah, I'll move today and used a bunch of them too. Last time I made the soup, somebody like wrote me late, wrote later and said, "Can I have that recipe?" Yeah, well, vitality oils. Yeah. Oh, were you on the? No, you weren't on the pumpkin spice glass bomb. But if you watched the video, then you saw when I was like, "Oh, my mom had this idea to take all like the Italian seasonings and mix them together," and everybody on the call was like, "Are you actually?" I actually was just looking at my little Italian oil bottle today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. And I was like, yeah, she made one for beef stew. They're like, where has this been in all life? Sorry. That's the context in which we were yeah. calling you a genius the other day. One Your of ears them. have been ringing. <laughs> it was a long time coming, but. <laughs> Well-earned and much deserved. Well, that is it for that chapter. Um, boy, we're not very, like, didn't exactly stay on one hour, but an hour and a half, I guess, is not not the worst. <laughs> Anybody have anything you want to um, contribute? Well, we did spend 15 minutes talking about new products, so you actually did yeah. that. We, did um, we, that. Actually, we actually did several of the activities, and yeah. we actually made the recipe. And yeah. so I've had this book for what ten years, probably at least ten years. Cover <laughs> since we don't have that one anymore. That's how it used to look. First edition, and I started it multiple times. Seal my little things. That's as far as I ever got. Yeah. So yeah, this will be good. This is the power of a group for consistency and and accountability. Having peer pressure to make me do the recipe. Right. <laughs> I'm just stoked, honestly, because I'm basically just, it's a given to me that I'm going to make the recipe every week that they do. And so I'm just excited because I get this excuse to literally try a new recipe every single week or a new-ish, not necessarily even like it's always new, but I wouldn't have made guacamole last week if I hadn't been in the book, you know, I wouldn't have got around to doing it. Uh, so Chris has to use this computer in a minute. So All right. I'm right. Well, here. I'm gonna hop off too. So everybody, thank you for getting on tonight and having an amazing class with us and keeping us all connected and motivated. And I will see you all on Monday night. <laughs> good night. Bye, good night.